So excited to announce the new sponsor of the podcast. This episode is brought to you by you for supporting the local businesses and brands that you believe in. Follow them on their social media, tag them in posts, screenshot them, blast them out, buy their product, anything that you can do to let them know that you're out there and that you care. Uplift others in times like this rather than get divisive and yell and shout and have opinions. Let's just support each other and do what we can to make it through this on top. All right. If you're doing that, then you're the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is brought to you by my good friend, CT, former special forces operator and just all around cool dude. I love chatting with him and we talked even after the podcast forever. I, this guy is awesome. He's got a great perspective on life, talking about self-reflective and all the positives that are coming out of this situation. That's his outlook on life. And it's just infectious. And I hope you enjoy this fun conversation that I had with my good friend, CT. All right, we're, walk- we're rocking and rolling now. Awesome, man. All right. Well, um, dude, you made an awesome uh, Instagram post. I guess, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was today or when it was, when the actual date was. But you put the Viktor Frankl quote in there. Yeah, yeah. And at me... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, um, that was posted uh, earlier today. Um, it was a pic- and, and, you know, it was a Viktor Frankl quote, like you said, and then um, a picture of um, last time I was in Japan. Yeah, and, and immediately got me excited because that's one of my favorite books. Um. Man search for meeting it is so crazy powerful especially like with all the weird stuff that's going on i actually thought about it the other day and was like i wonder what someone like him would think of the way we're reacting to this uh that's kind of interesting um you know i i don't know a tremendous about victor frankel um i actually had a conversation with um my mom about him this morning um she's doing a lot of like research and stuff into psychology and, and things like that. But, um, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, so I, I can't really say what, what he would think, but, um, I mean, just knowing what, like some of the components that he talked about as far as meaning, I found kind of interesting. Um, you know, there's one, uh, there's three components that he talks about. One is this purpose. Um, the second is love, um, which these are, like you could say these are very similar or parallel, some of the stuff that we do with RWB or that you see in other areas of, of life, you know, the, you know, purpose and then like the connection piece, you know, or as Victor Frankl labels it as love, you know, um, I don't think it necessarily has to be like romantic type love, but, um, you know, just connection with, with other human beings, friends, family, that kind of thing. Um, but the other piece that he says is, um, is, is suffering, you know, is a, is a part of meaning, which, uh, I found that really interesting and like, you know, uh, I'm not like super well uh, well read on on any of his stuff or anything like that. Um, I mean, this is just stuff that I've been reading 
um, over the last couple of days. But, um, you know, I think the, you know, a lot of the coronavirus stuff, you know, I mean, there's people are in a variety of different situations. Um, some are, you know, like, I, I mean, myself, I feel like we're extremely fortunate. You know, we're, me and my wife, we're both working from home. Um, we're very fortunate we're able to do so. Um, we have one kid, you know, he's super well-behaved and, you know, I mean, he's, he's eight now, which, uh, you know, he's not the age where you can like sit him in front of a, a Zoom with a teacher kind of thing. So we're having to, you know, teach him, you know, basically second grade. And, um, <clears throat> but, but as a whole, you know, I mean, we're, we're in an extremely fortunate situation considering, you know, there's, there's some folks that obviously don't have a job or, or there's the other end of the spectrum where there's multiple kids and, you know, it's like a 10 month old, a two year old and a four year old and, and having to work full time and, you know, or folks in healthcare, you know, that are, some of them are, are working crazy hours. Um, you know, there's some social workers that are putting in crazy hours right now. Um, so, um, I think, you know, my perspective on it is the, you know, the, to a certain degree, you know, there's, there's growth and, and challenges that we face. Um, and, and this is something else we were talking about earlier. Um, I was talking about with my mom is that, um, post-traumatic growth and just, um, how much they had dug into that with some of the stuff that she's looking at. But, um, you know, I, I mean, it's just, I hope this is like more of common knowledge now that, um, you know, the more challenges that, that we face, there's, and, and even like trauma, you know, really rough things, the loss of a loved one, um, <clears throat> you know, things that are, are really traumatic, uh, could be a, a terrible divorce, you know, um, there's, there's tons of opportunity for growth. And, and something that I learned is that part of that growth comes from just knowing that you can grow from, from these difficult times. So maybe that ties in with what, you know, Victor Frankl, you know, like stresses on the suffering part is that, um, you know, that there's, there's an opportunity to, become a better person you know by by going through things do you think some of that perspective that you have is because you've gone through like tough situations before in your life like you've been placed in in kind of tough situations so you know the first time you handle anything it's like you know when you start something it's hard and everything's moving so fast but then the more you handle something the the slower it gets that's just you know learning and, and progressing like you said and I'm wondering if like your perspective on that, you know, you know, that good thing, like good things can come out of the stressful situation and persevering through them. So you have a little bit more of a calm attitude through it. And if being in those stressful situations helped you out. Yeah. Um, 
couple things with that. Um, I, part of like the calm attitude, I guess, is, I mean, it's just my personality, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't think there's, there's much of, you know, experience wise that has, you know, come with that. It's just who I am, I guess. But, um, I think that, you know, you know, another aspect of it is, uh, I mean, just my time in the military, um, if you want to add on, you know, my time as a civilian, you know, working and supporting special operations, um, <clears throat> just that time alone, I, I feel like I have lifetimes worth of experiences. And, um, you know, and I mean, just, just that time alone, you know, I, I got to see and do things that um, a lot of people will never experience in a lifetime, you know, and I feel like, you know, it was equivalent of multiple lives, you know, <clears throat> and, and so I'm extremely thankful for that time and those experiences. So I know that that helped me grow. Um, and I mean, and you can tie this into to failure, you know, like there's some big failures that I've, that I've had the, um, that have grown and, and become, become better, you know. Um, someone once told me is that, you know, if you're talking about it in, you know, winning and losing, is that you don't lose, you learn, you know. And, yeah, I just, I'm sure a lot of my experiences help out with that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I can't necessarily say that there's a single experience that, you know, really turned the page and, and, and made me who I am today. It's probably the collection. Um, and, and here's the other thing that's kind of interesting with that, too, is uh, what maybe I have experienced some of that people would could view as extremely traumatic and um, an an awful event, and yet what would be no big deal to them, like it would be tough for me to get through, you know. Uh, so that's the other piece is that we all have like thresholds as to what really gets to us and and is tough for us. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure the collection of experiences. I mean, all of us, you know, we all are a collection of our experiences. Well, you said something like super impactful in the last podcast that I've held on to. And I've really practiced not like the way I talk and the way I say things. But I kept saying like, I can't relate. I can't relate to like the things you've seen and done. And then you said you were like, dude, I'm just, you know, I'm just a human. Like I have the same emotions, the same feelings. I've just done different things, but you can relate to me. Like we have the same yeah. feelings and emotions. And then I hear Andy Stump and them on their podcast and he's talking about like post-traumatic stress and all that. And he's saying the same thing. He's like, I'm no different than you. I just did something. Oh, yeah. I just did something different than you. That's all. Like there is no difference between us as humans. So we should treat each other like that, like in that understanding. So that stuck with me big time. Yeah. I forgot about that, man, but it, it it's very true is that, 
Yeah, we may not be able to connect on the exact same experiences, but we've all felt happiness, grief, you know. Um, if we haven't lost someone, at some point you will, you know. Like, uh, these, all these emotions, um, we, we can connect on and, and empathize with someone on. Um, and that's the, you know, I mean, not to go too far down, like, the rabbit hole of, you know, veteran issues or anything like that, but, um, and this is more of like a, a personal thing is that, um, you know, it maybe not so much but now, but when, um, having been out of the military relatively, you know, within the first couple of years kind of thing, um, I, I felt like people didn't really, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe it was, that that was it. You know, like there was there was difficulty connecting, it, possibly on my side too. You know, um, because I, I don't know if people felt uncomfortable with wanting to to ask questions about experiences and and things like that, or maybe they're afraid that they're going to ask the wrong thing. And I don't know, but um, but I could feel that there's like. A little bit of uncomfortableness, you know, in, in conversation with folks when it's like I'm just a dude, you know, like <laughs> another dude, just like you, you know, like we've we've just done some different things, like and um, and sometimes I don't know. I mean, there's there's great opportunity to to bridge that gap, and a lot of it comes down to just just spending time with people in general. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, it, I mean, you can take the differences even further, um, you know, whether it's political affiliation, whether it's, um, you know, sexual orientation, whether someone is, um, you know, a vegetarian or they're like, you know, hardcore, like meat only diet, you know, um, you know, there's all these differences that that are out there, and um, you know, I have I've heard this before, and I found it to be very true myself. Is that you know, the more that you spend time with someone, it's it's harder to hate them, and not to say that like anybody was like hating me at any point in time, you know, but um, but the, but the point is is that. As you get to spend time with them, you get to understand, you know, why maybe they like to, to eat meat or why they like to, you know, just eat, you know, vegetables and plants and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of really getting to know someone. And and then, I mean, you find out that, like, hey, they're a human just like, like everybody else, but throwing a label on somebody, you know, it makes it easier for, for people to dehumanize it, I guess. I mean, you make a really, really good point because in, if you think about it, like whether you're Republican, Democrat, if you hang around with only conservative people, like your whole entire, you'll hate liberals. That's just what happens. Like you're inside your own bubble. And if you hang around with only liberal people, then you're going to hate conservative people and their beliefs and ideology. If you hang around only with your vegan friends and you never see that perspective from the other side, then you're going to hate people who eat meat. Um, 
And then when you get to know him, you're like, oh, wait, you're just like me. And that's why I think what you said made so much sense to me. I was like, man, he's right. Like, I've been looking at it all wrong. Like, I felt anger and I've been sad. You know, I've like I've gone through all the same emotions that you have. It's just, I mean, different experiences. So, like, the more cultured you get and the more time, like, I really love that saying, what you just said. Like, the more time you spend with somebody, the, the harder it is to hate them. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I've heard people say this, and it's true, and, it, and it's challenging, you know, it's just, uh, you know, part of that comes down to empathy and being kind, you know, to, to other people, um, but it's tough to have that empathy if, if you can't be on their level, you know, if, you, if you're not spending that time to, to really get to know them and, and understand why they believe the things they think or, or, or they do. Um, and, and for me, like, you know, I was, I was about to say like, yeah, I think about, you know, having been in special forces as green beret, you know, it's like a huge part of our job, um, being immersed with, you know, the local nationals of whatever country, because sometimes you're a two man team, Sometimes you're an eight-man team, you know, and that's it. That's the only American that, that you have. And so you're really reliant upon, you know, the, the locals there and being able to understand the culture, um, you know, build those relationships with those folks are, in a lot of cases, not only key to you accomplishing the mission, but, but key to your survival um, and I, I, I really loved that aspect of the job. And, and I could say that, you know, I developed a lot of that as, um, as my time with my time in the army. But if I look back further, if I look back in high school, you know, there were kids that, I mean, generally fit into, you know, some kind of click, you know, whether it was, you know, like the jocks and the, you know, like, yeah, like some of the like country guys and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and it was, it was really interesting that, um, I never really stayed in, in one group, you know, I would, I mean, really bounce around like at lunch, you know, I would sit with different different groups of friends, you know, and they were very different from each other, you know, each of the different groups. Um, and I'm not really sure where that comes from, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, I definitely was able to, to utilize that skill and, um, and, and it's still something that I think about today is, uh, um, you know, watching some of these documentaries where, um, you know, it's showing some people in Ethiopia, there's um, um, almost like an early Christian, you know, um, line of, of people there, and they have like these really old traditions and you know, um, everything on like the 40th day, they climbed this mountain, um, basically this cliff where there's a church on the side of this cliff. And, 
um, I believe they baptized the baby kind of thing, and um, to, you know, some of these, like, remote islands um, over in Indonesia, and, you know, their survival is based off the, off the sea. I mean, they have no electricity, running water, any of this stuff, and, um, you know, a big part of their culture is, basically fishing you know and it's not necessarily like in the way that we might would think with you know fishing rods and stuff like that but uh, like spear fishing these like whales and like large fish kind of thing that they're um, they're bringing back to shore and it's like a, a big um, big community event for them or a part of their tribe and <clears throat> You know, I like seeing some of this stuff, like I still get this like feeling of, man, I would love to spend like 45 days with them or, you know, 60 days with them to, to really understand their culture, you know, learn like there's, I don't know what it would be, but I know there's tons of things that I could learn from them and, um, and and also the the relationship piece, you know, build a relationship with with those people. And I think this is, you know, would be like the challenge for a lot of people is uh, um, being able to, you know, earn their respect and like, you know, because um, I, I mean, overseas, you know, I, I haven't been to Ethiopia or anywhere in Indonesia, but. Um, I mean, some of these other countries that uh, I've been to, um, and, and actually I'm looking at it right now, I have a, a rug in my office that um, at the end of a deployment, um, the force, the fighting force that we had been training, conducting missions with, and I mean, living with, eating, you know, food, I mean, you know, just sharing meals and all this stuff, um, um, they presented each member of the team one of these rugs. And, I mean, really, um, this is, like, not far off from what they would earn in a year, you know, the cost of, of these rugs. But um, it really showed how much they, they valued, you know, our relationships, you know, what we're, I mean, this was more than just somebody that we gave some guns to and said, hey, let's go kick in this door and, you know, like, we're going to do this a couple times over the next couple months, you know, and, and that's kind of it. Um, these are people that, I mean, they they become your friends and, um, but, but to be able to be so different in, in a lot of ways, you know, come over with, um, different religious beliefs, speak a different language, totally different culture, and, you know, have these people treat you, you know, better than they would their own family, potentially, you know, like, I mean, it's just an amazing thing, and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, you, you really care for these people, and, 
Um, and so maybe that's why whenever I see some of these like documentaries and stuff on these different places where I'm like, oh man, it'd be so great to be a part of this tribe and like truly become a part of it, not just like take pictures and, you know, high five some dudes, you know, but, um, uh, you know, I probably went way down a rabbit hole. <laughs> no, no, man. I dig it because I think I think very similar along your lines. Like, and I could flip that around and say I would love to go like serve and be in a a, a you know be in a little small force and have my you know fighting alongside my brothers like that sort of thing. You know, I can imagine that and being put in that space and having that the bond and connection is what I I go for. It's not the it's not it's not even the activity really in situations yeah. like that. But I do the same thing when I look at that, like uh, watching meat eater on TV and he goes down to these tribal places and, yeah. and, and they go fishing and they go hunting with bows and arrows that they made with this poison from a tree where they shoot them with a line, yeah. you know, um, that stuff is, but those people are so happy. They're so happy. And like, they support each other in the community and everybody takes care yeah. of each other. And you're like, dude, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. You know what I would, um, I would compare some of that sense of community to, um, I mean, you see it very much on a, on a deployment, um, but, uh, but yeah, like with, you know, some of, you know, indigenous people, they're extremely reliant upon each other for survival. Um, Sebastian Younger talks about this and I think in some TED Talks or it's in this book, The Tribe where, you know, there is no stealing, you know, from someone else because it's ultimately hurting the tribe. Basically, you know, no one will do anything to, um, you know, you know, take extra food from them for themselves kind of thing because then someone is going to go without food and, you know, it's all, everything all comes back to the group, you know, it's, it's the, the culture of, or this idea of we versus me, you know, um, and I mean, it's such a great feeling to be such a part of something so tight knit. Um, and, you know, I, you, you know, you can see some of this same kind of thing, um, on a deployment, um, you know, I think a similar thing exists in Antarctica. There's a, uh, and again, this is like, a, you know, from a documentary that I watched uh, several years ago. I think it came out in like 2014, something like that. But um, I noticed that, I mean, this group of people seem to be so tight-knit, you know, and uh, just I had this feeling of like, man, this is like really reminding me of what it's like on a deployment. And, and so I thought about why that was. And some of the similarities are that, yeah, these, uh, these people that are there, especially during the winter portion of it, um, you know, some of these camps, you know, go way down in uh, the amount of people that stay for the winter. And there is no no getting out like once once it becomes winter you're there for the next i think it's like four or six months something like that and then if you want to punch out then, then you can but uh so there, there's no going anywhere else 
Um, the other thing is, is that the people that are there, I mean, they're there for the function of, of the camp, you know. I'm sure there's people doing some, like, science and research and stuff like that, but um, there's also the people that are keeping the generators running and keeping, you know, the electricity going and the heat and, and people that are cooking the food. And so um, there's all – there's a, a feeling of, um, you know, that – they, they are contributing to the group. Um, everyone plays a role in, in contributing to the group, whatever that is. But they all, they all eat at the same place. You know, they all go into like a little chow hall where they're, so they're all sharing meals together, um, whether they're sitting at the same table or not, but they're all going to one place to eat the small little, you know, you know, camp. Um, they're, they have, weird little traditions that they do, you know, um, uh, in the documentary, someone gets married down there and, um, the group of people, they come together and, you know, there's one, um, like jacket, like sports coat, uh, you know, that's there that somebody lets the, the groom borrow and they put together a makeshift dress for the, the bride. And, um, you know, there's just so much of of everyone coming together for for different things. You know, and I mean, and if nothing else, they're just stuck with each other. You know, and they have to interact with each other in some way. You know, and I think that I mean, you can compare that to like we're talking about like indigenous folks. You know, they're if it's in a in a jungle somewhere. You know all those people are around each other they're sharing meals together they're interacting with each other every day and I think with some of the you know coronavirus stuff um, and you know and this may be me looking for some of the positive but I feel like my neighborhood which is relatively small and a little bit dispersed um, there's there's not quite houses stacked on top of each other or anything like that. I feel like the our neighborhood has come closer together. I feel like we're much more of a community. Um, if anything, it's uh, like the birthday parades, you know, that we've done in the neighborhood, and I've got to wave and say hello to some people. Um, there's more people you know i mean people are reaching out for neighbors for things that they need help with whether you know being you know their immune system being compromised and not being able to to go out to get things um and you know it's it's small things that neighbors are doing like dropping off you know someone need a can of lights off they had it kind of thing and um and yeah, I mean, it, there's just a, a lot of little things that I see our community, or this this neighborhood anyways, um, coming closer together. And, and people talking with each other, you know. I did this crazy thing where um, I ran four miles 
every four hours for 48 hours, you know, the David Goggins thing. And, um, you know, I, I shared that with my neighbors. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be the crazy guy running around at like, you know, midnight and 4 a.m. and stuff like that. You know, it's just, just me doing this thing. And um, I, I feel like just sharing that, you know, I had a couple, I mean, you're on the road a whole lot during that time. And so you're seeing people that are out exercising too. And, you know, just having conversations with, with those people and they're like, Hey, are you that guy? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, um, and my son, you know, had a birthday, you know, recently and, um, ton of people from the neighborhood, you know, came by did the parade thing. And, um, it's just, just really cool, man. Like I, and again, you know, maybe this is me looking for the positive in it, but, um, I see, aspects of this neighborhood coming together being much closer throughout this thing i mean we're not going to be to the level where we are all sitting down in one room sharing meals together three times a day every single day kind of thing but um but yeah it it, that aspect has been been kind of cool here to see I mean, I kind of agree with you, and I what I really like to see is, I mean, regardless of what your political view is on it, and, you know, I have my opinions, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but, like, whatever it is, it's not, there's things that you cannot do. Like, we can't change the laws that are being passed down, and we can't change the rules, and we can't change the viruses even here, but we can figure out other things that we can do to keep ourselves like happy, active, focused, and involved with other people. Like that's the coolest thing I think that I've seen is that like you were talking the birthday parades and more people are picking up the phone now and calling their friends. And I mean, it's not even, it's not even that crazy dramatic of a time, but at the same thing, it just made us rethink what really matters. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, man, like, and so like I said, I think if you were to compare my situation with, with some others, you could say that I have it super easy during this time. Um, and, and I wouldn't argue with you about that. Um, and like I said, you know, I, and I feel very fortunate about how it's been going for my family. But, um, but again, it's one of those things that, you know, for some people, like, a, this exact same experience, it, um, it, it may be super challenging for, for them. Um, they may get tons of things out of it. But what I, this is what's strange to me, and I, I haven't put a whole lot of thought in, in this because I really haven't arrived to this point until about three days ago is that um, I spend, I spend, normally, I spend a lot of time in reflection, you know. Um, I'm always thinking about, you know, you know this, this call that I had and, and how that went. And, you know, when somebody said something, did they really mean that? Or were they actually, you know, is there something else going on? You know, I'm just constantly, like, reflecting on things and 
um, <clears throat> how I can be better, and 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 so I just do that naturally. But <clears throat> I got to thinking about, um, and I have had more time during this. Um, this is a a strange thing is that you know pretty well between mid February and sometime in May, um, I would be traveling. Um, I probably would be home maybe like two or three weekends out of that entire time. And, um, and so it's like a normally a really busy time for me. And ever since what early March, um, I've been at home, you know, I haven't gone anywhere. And I'm, and as I was thinking about like what I've done during this time, I was thinking that, you know, and I've heard about people like they're like, you know, I've repainted the house or like I just started this project, you know, like all of these things that had been, you know, things that they needed to get done around the house or whatever. And before didn't have time, they've knocked out all these projects. Um, I have not done that. I have not knocked out uh, one of those projects at all, actually. <laughs> and so I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, have I just been really lazy? You know, is that what has happened? Um, which is, I mean, it's not my personality at all. And, you know, I, and, but what I really, what I found out is the, I've been using this time to, to reset and spend even more time reflecting and thinking. Um, and I mean, it hasn't happened until like, you know, a couple days ago, I'm thinking about some of this stuff and, um, like really recognizing kind of what I need to do going forward and, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, I don't know, um, things that, that I was doing, you know, I mean, I was thinking back as far as like 2016 and what my mindset was like, I was, I found some notes on my phone that I'd wrote down in 2016 and I'm so glad they were there because, um, it reminded me of some experiences that I had which really um, reminded me of, of like the path that I'm supposed to be on and, and the direction I need to be heading. But, but I think the most important thing that I got out of it was I remembered the mindset that I had back then and what I was doing for myself is, uh, you know, and, and from 2016 is where it started to taper off, you know, um, leading up to that, leading up to 2016, I was spending a lot of time in investing in myself, you know, um, and I know this to be true is that, I mean, you have to pay attention to what you're, you're inputting into your body and, and not just like food wise, but if you look at the podcast that you listen to, the music that you listen to, the stuff that you watch on TV, um, even like the relationships that you have, um, the, the stuff that you look at on social media, you know, if you're, and, and I do, man, like 
my social media is filtered out to where I, if it's, if it's too negative, it's gone, you know, like, so I just, I just can't, I can't do it, you know? So I like, <clears throat> if you're taking in a lot of positive things and a lot of things that are, um, I guess helping you work on yourself, then it's, it's going to help you in the direction that you want to go. And, and so like, I recognize that I, I let that go, you know, um, as time went on, I stopped investing in myself and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I know I did it because I was doing it to, to, to support others. I was giving so much of myself to others that I got to the point where I just stopped investing in myself, you know, altogether. And, and, uh, I read something the, the other day that said the, and I mean, and this is along the lines of something that I tell people too, is that, you know, if you really want to help people, you have to, you have to have your own self squared away. You have to have something to be able to offer them. And, and so I guess like what I've realized, you know, is that, okay, I'm now at a point where I can start investing back into myself and really paying attention to the things that, like, maybe get back to some of the things that I was inputting, you know, these positive things back in 2016 and, you know, continue to elevate myself and better support others. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, you know, and I had this like epiphany, you know, at night and I'm like, okay, I, I know what I need to do now. You know, I've got to start, you know, reading more, you know, listening to stuff that is uh, the things that I care about and positive and is also going to make me a better person. And <clears throat> the next morning, because I, I, you know, I have all these thoughts, whether it's about business, business ideas, or, um, you know, whatever it is. And usually in the, the next morning, it's like, ah, well, you know, like, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that's, that's, I don't have that same kind of feeling. But the next morning, man, I felt that same intense feeling. And I was like, yes, you know, this is, this is the, the direction, you know, this is what I need to be doing. Um, which is really cool, man, because I, I think we've talked about this before is that um, I, I really love like entrepreneurship and I think about different business ideas like four or five times a day. You know, I don't know why. It's just something I like to think about. And um, um, some of them I think are good enough to pitch to my wife and most of them actually almost all of them get shot down you know <laughs> but, but you know some of that i'm like thinking about it and then like the next morning i'm like oh yeah there's like a million holes in that idea that's not gonna work. and you know and, and i start the process over again but, dude you and i we're so similar because I do the same thing. I'm like, what do you think about this idea? And it, it just gets shot down with all the logic in the world. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but yeah, this one, like, um, it was cool because, um, I, I know that 
this is what I need to be doing now. Like, I need to take some of what I know was good for me in 2016 and, and reapply that now. So, um, and, and maybe I'll, like, get some projects done, you know, in the future. We'll see. But, <laughs> but, but still some positive came out of it for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I I really dig it. I mean, and if when you were talking about it, I just heard, um, I think it was in Dan Crenshaw's new book, which is really awesome, but I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but he talked about everybody should do an AAR, an after-action report, on everything oh, that yeah. they do all the time, which is what reflecting is, you know? What you're doing is you're reflecting on stuff and, you know, really analyzing in detail, you know, what you're doing with your life. And what you did and where you can go and your future. And I mean, I dig that whole stuff because that's how we improve and get better anyway. It's not like from a judgmental lens. It's from a, hey, how do we improve lens? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll I'll take that another step further is that uh, because, I mean, this is something that um, I I do with my folks now is that... um, like we're uh, going to be leading an event this weekend, a virtual event. First time we're doing this, I mean, and we already have an AR scheduled on the calendar to, you know, go over the things that went wrong and went well and, and all that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's also awesome. some, some, uh, some things that, um, you know, like running uh, GoRec events, you know, a lot of times, though, depending on what, took place during event i would have them ar but um it's it's a great tool you know reflection is super powerful um and if you're AARing something or reflecting on something there's you know if you want to take it a step further um and this is especially important in a group it's a little bit easier i think to do with yourself but um you have to be honest um, and sometimes that's tough when if it's a group and, you know, somebody messed up something, like they didn't complete a certain task in order to make things run smoothly. They forgot about something. I mean, stuff like that's going to happen, and, and you, you have to be honest to say, like, hey, man, like, you know, we were counting on you to do this thing, and, you know, it didn't happen, or, you know, planning could have been better leading up to it, whatever it is. You have to be honest. And then the second piece is you have to have an open mind with it. Um, you cannot take a, have someone tell you something that you screwed up and then go into an immediate defensive position and like, oh, well, you know, like this happened and all this other stuff. Like you have to really listen and have an open mind that, hey, maybe what they're saying this is an area that, like, I messed up. This is a place where I can get better as opposed to just trying to blow it off and, and be defense, defensive about it. So, you know, I, you, it definitely applies with yourself um, doing some type of AR, but even more so when it's in a group setting. You know, being honest, being respectful, um, you know, you still want to be respectful, but... Um, but yeah, having that open mind and and having some humility. Um, if if something didn't go the way that, that the group wanted or you wanted, yeah, I mean, because 
you know, we all, man, we all fail at every, I mean, I fail on a daily basis, um, doing stuff. I mean, everybody does. That's just what happens. And being coached or go through anything that you like putting, putting your kids in, like I, I have a view on it of, you know, athletics is one where you can get that team sports, you know, learning something. Cause you can't be perfect, man. There's too many variables. You're going to mess up. You're not going to do something right. And then that coach is there to correct you and how you take that correction decides how good of a player athlete performer that you are in that sport. So it's the same thing for life. It translates over. I mean, however you take the correction when you do something is how you're going, you know, the type of human that you're going to be, like how good you're going to be at what you're trying to do. A husband, a father, um, an employee, a business owner, you name it. Down the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very true. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's a huge step into to improving, to getting better. I mean, it's like this deal that we have going on this weekend. I think to some degree, everyone's accepted that yeah there's probably some it's the first time we're doing this there's probably something that's going to go wrong you know and um and that's okay you know we're we'll adjust as best we can we'll capture it in an aar and we'll get better for for the next one that we do what do you like how do you, how does it work i mean i just your thoughts on it but in this sort of situation we're in i know i i had a a question i was going to ask you and it, yeah. it's more about the mindset. And I texted you about it to make sure it was okay. But like the mindset of this is, you know, we're we're opening stuff up, we're getting stuff going, which we, you know, in my opinion, we need to because uh, a good plan taking action is way better than a perfect plan that we just sit there and do nothing. So, Correct. Um, you know, that's my viewpoint. And I'm one that likes to just jump out in front and go out, you know, let's attack something. Let's take action. Let's do, let's do. I can't stand just sitting around. But like, so I equated it to, you know, driving around thinking like, what's the difference? We're fighting this virus. So we're, we're actually at war with something that's invisible. And what's the difference in opening things up at some point in time, we're going to have to brave it. And yes, it is sad that, people lose their life to this virus right but at some point yeah. we've got to take that chance just like you know you were sent into battle knowing that like hey the the casualties you know there's going to be casualties one way or the other you can't avoid it when you go into war and people are shoot, shooting bullets at each other so like yeah. the decision for somebody to send you into war is you know to fight something to come out on the good and to keep peace for everybody else and keep everybody safe is very similar to us getting the economy going so that we can keep everybody rolling, you know? Yeah. I think I would most compare it to maybe healthcare workers, um, you know, doctors and nurses, um, you know, the, the paramedics and stuff like that. I, I would, compare it to something similar to to the military i think that's where the 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 most similarities are and what i mean by that is the um you know some of these folks working in the er or working with people that are you know potentially could be transmitting 
the coronavirus to them or whatever. Um, I mean, there there's a greater risk for them, right? They're going to have the highest exposure, um, and so a part of their job is to accomplish a mission, and it's which is to to help people, to save lives, to help people get better, um, and there's an understanding that as a part of that job, there's an associated risk with it. Um, I think that's where I would compare it um, the most to, to the military is that, you know, they're, um, I mean, and there's different jobs in the military um, going into to special forces. I mean, everyone knows that there's an extremely high likelihood that you are going to be put into some type of combat combat situation throughout your time in the military. And, and I mean, you know that, I mean, there's, there's great risk at times with that. And, and there are missions to accomplish. And sometimes there are, you know, um, you know, there's casualties that occur along the way. Um, and it's one of those things that you accept as this is a risk, um, as a part of the job and for the greater good, you know, um, another comparison would be, uh, one of the schools that I was able to go to, um, while I was on a, uh, special forces detachment, um, it was, uh, probably one of the best schools that I've, I've ever attended. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those schools that, um, you know, I didn't know this until I got into to group and, and on a team. Um, but there, there's a lot of schools in the army that, you know, generally people in the army know about and they end up being badges on your uniform or something like that. That you know, it's just very kind of like, I guess, public on the military side, you know, and people are, are very aware of what, what those schools entail. Um, but when I got to group, I found out that there's a ton of other schools that there's no badges, you know, there's nothing that you put on your uniform. You don't get a, a tab or anything like that. And those are probably some of the best schools that I've ever attended, you know. Um, so this was one of those schools and um you know you spend a lot of time there's a tremendous amount of time that you're shooting um um and shooting on a flat range shooting um inside of houses and um and it's it's an amazing school um you know it's it's probably maybe I don't know, 60 days or something like that. And you just, uh, um, it's some of the best training, some of the best supported training I've ever had. You know, you could have, let's see, I don't know, maybe five different teams of, of people hit a, say, like five-story building. Um, and they're, they're breaching this building from, you know, every side, you know, from the rooftop and, 
and you're uh, you're going in, you're shooting targets, live ammunition, using real explosives, destroying doors, shotgun breaching doors, um, you know, uh, all, you know, throwing flashbangs, all kinds of stuff, and um, and all of these teams can run through this entire building, basically destroying everything, and and then coming out of the building. Um, and I mean, it's it's extremely realistic, which is super valuable training. Uh, the more realistic it is, the I, I think it, just the more it's it's going to benefit you. But you come out and you do a, an AR like we talked about, and uh, with um, you know um, each team does an AR with their instructor. And um, after that AR is done, I mean we're we're not talking very long. The you know um, things are being discussed, but by the time it's done and you top off ammo and replace charges real quick, the entire house has been reset and it's different, you know. Um, you could go in through the same door that you went before and rooms are different, targets are different, um, everything is different. And and so you, you don't get conditioned to like, okay, I know I'm going to go through this door, there's going to be a guy at the end of the hallway he doesn't have a gun, you know, there's the one on the right does though, you know, so like you don't get conditioned to anticipate what's going to be in front of you. You're always thinking as if you would be hitting a target in real life. You're not always going to know what's going to be behind the next door kind of thing. Um, so incredible course, incredibly supported. But I say all that is that some of these shoot houses have been used you know, over and over and over again. And um, there's bullet traps and everything in these shoot houses. Um, they're movable and all that, and they can replace a lot of the stuff with them and clean them out. But um, um, there's tons of, of lead that over time collects in, in these shoot houses. And more so when you're doing interior breaches, explosive breaches, it tends to kick a lot of that stuff up into the air. And um, <clears throat> now um, folks that go through that course, they get blood tested, um, I believe, at least one time throughout the course and again at the end um, to, to check lead levels um, because there's so much of it that you're being exposed to um, in, in a relatively short period of time. Um, but when I was going through, they were not <laughs> blood testing people, but they, they were aware of the harmful effects of, um, you know, too much lead in your body. Over time, your, your body thinks it's calcium and starts, you know, applying it to your bone. And, um, but there's other things. I mean, a lot of the effects that you see with that are similar with TBI and PTSD um, uh, can come from high lead exposure and, and some of these other heavy metals that are in your body because it throws things off and um, yeah starts throwing other things out of whack and you you can have some of these other symptoms you'd see that you know may resemble something else but really it's it's not that at all 
Um, but anyways, when I was going through the course, through that course, um, one of the medics was explaining, you know, the, hey, we know this is like a serious deal, but um, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what he told us is that, um, and, and I mean, you can imagine that lead just in general, too much of it in your body, uh, you know, long-term cancer and all these other things, they're just super harmful, right? Um, is that he was saying that uh, this medic was the astronauts that, um, you know, spend time and space and all that um, have are high risk for, for cancer. And, you know, I don't know if it's like sun radiation or something. I don't know whether or not that's true or anything. But um, what he was getting at was, uh, you know, this is something that they know is a risk and it's a, you know, as a part of doing the job and there's a good chance it's not going to work out well for them, but it's something they've accepted in order to accomplish the mission. Um, so basically that's what they were, this guy was saying to us is that, Hey, you're going to be exposed to this stuff. This is something that, you know, we just accept is, is a hazard it's, it's a part of the job in order to get to do what we get to do and and you know for the for the greater good and so long story short i think the closest comparison might would be with healthcare workers you know and and the stuff that they're exposed to and um you know there's potential that you know it may not affect that doctor or that nurse, but they're, you know, going back to a family and maybe somebody, you know, maybe at, you know, greater risk and it may not work out so well for them if, if, if they're to pass it on. And so um, I, I think that's where the, maybe the closest comparison when I think of, you know, looking at it from a, a deployment or a military standpoint. And, well, I mean, that was, a, that was, <clears throat> a really awesome way to put it and I couldn't agree with you more on the the medical workers um the things that they like these unknown things are very fearful like so people I've seen people get so scared and they're so fear of the unknown um you were talking about those doors changing you know and you have to practice that unknown inside that thing and that's what I kept, I thought about at that moment was like this is the unknown like it, you have no idea and they're out there braving the unknown in real time you know uh we have no idea you know it affects people all sorts of ways and different and is there different strands and i don't know and then the first thing to do is panic and and as far as like people and i'm not saying it's bad to stay inside your house with immune you know if especially if you've got immune disorders and that sort of thing um yeah but at the same time I have a weird conflict with me in the freedom to be able to go out and help. And that is yeah. keep the economy running. Like even if it's a person that wants to open their restaurant and people want to come work for them because they're about to lose their house, you know, they know the risk that, you know, and, and eventually, like in my opinion, the virus isn't going to go away because no virus goes away. So it's figuring out the time frame when we can manage it and – some people are going to have to go out and brave that. I mean, at least in my knucklehead opinion, 
Uh, yeah. And there needs to be knuckleheads like me that are willing to do that. <laughs> At least what I think. But, but I mean, that unknown is super fearful for people. Um, there is a, uh, man, it's just, it's fascinating to me because I've, I guess I've never been that way. Like I've had lots of unknowns and lots of weird things happen out of nowhere, um, in life. And I, maybe it's seeing my grandpa handle it or my dad, but they, we just like, okay, well, I mean, the only way to do it is to pick it up and move forward. I guess that's where my mindset comes from. And so you have the, the medical workers who are seriously braving like crazy extremes and then you have people who are going to try you know we're going to try to open restaurants and and try to get things back going because sitting around doing nothing just doesn't work yeah yeah i i share a similar um frustration um i'd say at the very beginning of this oh actually oh man i'd you know, I, I made a lot of notes and I dated them leading up to this. Um, I also shared some stuff um, um, with some close friends on some some of the things that, I mean, as far back as February. Um, I, I kept them very close hold because I, because it sounded absolutely crazy, you know, the stuff that, I, I mean, the stuff that I wrote down, you know, the things like, um, because I, I felt like we could learn from what was we're seeing happened in, in China. And, you know, I wrote down stuff like the, in certain places in China, you had to have a mask to go out, you know, that people were having to shelter in place. Fresh produce was the first thing to leave the grocery stores. And, um, and, you know, I, I shared some of, well, I was wrong about, you know, I, back in February, I shared with some close friends that um, we would, we might would see some things leaving the stores in, in the near future. I, I was off on what it was. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think it was going to be toilet paper uh, <laughs> and bottled water, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, dude, that's so funny. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was not sharing that with a broad audience because you know people would have like thought I was crazy, you know. And when I got to the point that I was sharing some of the stuff about like a potential what looks like now like a nationwide, <clears throat> you know, almost a nationwide shelter in place. Um, about the masks and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I, people, I think for the, and it was a small group for the most part thought I was crazy, you know, and what I was saying. And I even, it sounded crazy coming out of my mouth, you know, and, and here we are, you know, like, like there are several times where I like, I can't believe I'm going to share this. Like I've been holding it back, but I'm hearing more and more like this is, going to happen you know like I think this is what's going to play out and um and then it, it turned out it would you know and um so I had a frustration that you know I come from a place where having a deep understanding of your environment and and I was doing it I was learning from 
you know, the closest real ground truth stuff that I could get that was happening in other countries. And, you know, I was, was learning from what, what had already occurred there and how that was going to look here, you know. And <clears throat> so it wasn't like stuff that I was making up. I'm not like a crazy prepper, you know, like I don't want this stuff to happen. Um, but I'm just telling you, like, this is what, what, what we might be facing, you know. And, <clears throat> and it was really frustrating that I think a good number of people – thought I was bonkers, man, you know, and, um, you know, and, I, and I'm not the guy that, you know, makes any kind of predictions about much of anything, you know, like, like this, you know, it's just, uh, um, I mean, this is stuff that, that we did in the military, you know, you're collecting information and making the best um, decisions off of that, of, you know, see. So you can make decisions with expected outcomes. And um, so that was a big frustration of mine. But the one, the other one, I had two. And the other one I think is very similar to yours is that like I'm a big doer and I want to, I want to do something, you know, um, I, I want to, I want to like help. I want to like do something you know, with the situation to help solve the problem. And, and the, the best thing that I could do was like, you know, teach my son, like second grade math, you know, <laughs> like and stay at home. Like, uh, and, and so that, it, that was really tough for me for like the early stages of this, you know, I think about hurricane Harvey. Um, it started out with, me and a friend of mine, we went down there, like, fishing people out of houses and, you know, I mean, like, really rescuing some people. And um, we ended up making multiple trips down to Houston and um, and helping people. And, you know, like, I'm very comfortable in that kind of situation. Like, where where is the place that it's okay, there's a little bit of risk, you know, um, but I, I'm, I feel like in certain situations, I'm well suited to help a lot of people, and I want to do that, and, and I couldn't, you know, with this thing, like, I got to do that in Harvey, you know, um, you know, when people <clears throat> needed rescuing, and then, and then afterwards, too, you know, Tearing out sheetrock and all that stuff, um, you know, you, you know, even when it's not like full-on crisis, save someone's life kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this thing um, that was tough to to accept the. I have no value in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, you know what you said. If you'd have come up and told me about it, I, you're the last person I would expect to hear that from so I would have taken that with a lot of weight but like so many people have cried wolf about so many different things you know what yep. I mean and it, it like they keep everything is dramatic we're all gonna die we're all gonna die it's like dude it's no like this is just yes people die that's what happens but we just move on in life we get the flu we do this we do that you know whatever and then all of a sudden it's like whoa maybe this is real but they've said it, you know, it's that chicken little, the sky is falling, or the boy who cried wolf. It's 
it's I've heard it so much that I've become callous to think if I hear it from you, it doesn't it like I it take has no weight whatsoever because you've lied to me so many times over and over again <laughs> that I'm not scared anymore. Like the warning is not working with me, you know. But if someone like you goes, "Hey, man, um, I think you should go buy a bunch of toilet paper right now because it's gonna be gone <laughs> a little bit," I'll be like. Why is CT saying that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was wrong about toilet paper. I was I was expecting medical supplies. Uh, it you know that was probably you know um, cleaning supplies. Which I mean, if you were to put what uh, hand sanitizer and stuff into that category, I mean I would not have been able to specifically say that. But um, <laughs> you know I. Yeah, uh, I was not expecting toilet paper and water. So, you know, I totally missed that one. <laughs> it's really crazy that your your gut from not and not just from your like yes, a little bit from your training and environment, but like basically what you've trained yourself to do, and your gut from all of the little signs, like instinctively went to that. Like you just knew something from what you saw something inside you told you this is this is not going to work out the way people think it's going to work out yeah so i mean there's a lot that i have received that helps me in making some of the decisions that i make you know that i've received training wise but i i do rely on uh a lot of gut feeling with a, a lot of things. Um, I, you know, my wife kind of gets upset with me because in some ways I'm trying to teach my son this. You know, like, I don't know if you <laughs> know the game. Have I, have I told you about the game Guess Who? Did I talk about this already? No, no. I don't know that okay. I heard it. Okay. The game Guess Who, you know, where each person has, like, all these different people, men, women, people with beards, without blonde hair, white hair, whatever, you know, and you're trying to guess by, you know, the normal way is process of elimination, you know, is where it's, does your guy have white hair? No. Okay. Then you close down all the people with white hair, you know, and to you, you know, narrow it down to the one person and you guess the other person's character. Um, <laughs> so what I've done a couple of times with my son is like, you know, take a look at, at those people and I mean, just who do you think it is? You know, like, like what's your gut telling you that, um, the person is, you know, um, you know, it sounds like it's all hocus pocus and stuff like that. And, you know, we rarely ever get it right. You know, like we may just, it's a slower process of elimination. But, but the point of doing that is not so you can read someone's mind or anything like that. It's to recognize that, you know, there's some value in, and our gut feeling and using the intuition that we have on things and and you can and you can you can train yourself to to listen to that and 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 use it you know yeah um, i mean 
I would say like for me and I, I didn't really know what it was until later on. And like that reflecting, cause I do something similar, but, um, I, I'm looking at it and I go like, anytime you're in a bad neighborhood, like when you walk into a bad neighborhood, if you've been there quite a few times, like, you know, even in a strange city, strange town, whatever, you know that there's a feeling this isn't someplace I'm supposed to be like, you you get it comes over you because yeah. you've been there your body's seen it and like you've paid attention to the little details whether you realize it or not and then if if you don't listen to that feeling like oh no it'll all be fine it usually doesn't work out that way you know usually when something's tugging at me like that i get on super high like alert and aware of everything going on every movement and all that stuff like so um that's it's crazy that your gut instinct was doing that same sort of thing in this situation. And I, I really dig what you're doing with, with your son and like, Hey, try to figure out with your gut who this is. Like, what's your gut telling you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it frustrates my wife so much because it's, it's not how you play the game. You know? And it's like, oh, we can do it this way for a little while, you know? And, um, because I, I think it's important, you know, to, I mean, I think it's an extremely valuable skill and, um, I rely on it a lot. And again, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, like, you know, I spend a lot of time just in general reflecting. So I, I'm taking in a lot, you know, I, you know, for people that know me, I, 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 I've talked a lot on this podcast, but in in real life, you know, I don't, I do a lot of listening. You know, I do way more listening than I do talking. I, I try to anyways. And um, for, for a number of reasons, like I want to, I want to know and understand somebody, you know, um, I, I want to know what, what motivates them, why they think that they, the way they think or, you know, I, and I mean, I want to just get to know that person, you know? Um, and so I, I mean, I just, I do a lot of observing just in general. And if you were to apply that to a, uh, a broader scale, I mean, I wasn't able to see this on the news or anything like that, but, I'm getting information that is going on in other countries. Like I'm, I'm asking about it. So in the sense, it's like information is there and I'm observing it in a way. And, and then, yeah, making, you know, decisions or, um, having an understanding of, of the situation, I guess, a better understanding of of what could happen. Oh man, this podcast is a chance for me to get to listen to you and all the stuff you've soaked in. Because I feel like I learned so much. This I had a blast, CT. This has been a really, really fun one. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, I've enjoyed. I'm glad we got to do this again. You know, um, I really enjoy coming on this thing and and yeah, getting to to share. Hopefully, you know, um, others get some value out of it too. I appreciate it, man. I hope I hope so as well. I mean, that's the goal of the podcast that people just get. If one little nugget of information, like if they just get one piece, then 
that would make me ecstatic, you know? So, anyway, thanks, CT, for being on, man. We're going to have to do it again. Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned into the podcast. Thank you to CT for being on. Always a blast to talk to him. And remember, support your brands and local businesses that you believe in. And until the next episode, see ya.